man, man. Ah, oh, man, 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 man. What's up? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's been a whole year, my nigga. Let's not front. It's my year, my nigga. Yeah. Hit the fuck up, yo. What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to yet another episode of Off the Strength, where we're giving you the inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I got a couple gentlemen of extraordinary league, league, league guys. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves, please. KR Jones is in the building. Good morning. TB's here. Peace and love. Your trainer, Corey. That's what's up. We got the full squad in effect, so you already know we had to come in on that extra hype energy. Fellas, how y'all feeling today? Yo, shout out to the self-made echo joint, though. Come on, that's man. Right. <laughs> that's talent right there. Yo, that's listen, skills. they want me to get in that DJ bag. I'm going to get in that DJ bag, yeah, homie. Go. We know how to move the crowd, fam. Yeah. Don't act like you haven't been listening to the last six, seven, eight, nine, ten episodes because they were all classics, okay? <laughs> Please be understanding. So when that homie comes in and he's letting you know, let's not front. This the year, son. Yeah. Shout out to Amina. That's kind of how I felt coming in on that. Two times a week. Hot fire. Mixtapes. Hitting them. Let's go. Feeling like Wheezy uh, out here. Ron G. Clue ever with it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hits, no miss. This shit exactly. ain't joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm giving you all the vibes. Baby. We're giving you purple tape. I'm purple tape popping. You know, that's what we trying to do out here, <laughs> man. The, I don't the know. DJ Clue professionals. Exactly. exactly. Drama. Somebody getting in there. Let's go. <laughs> we bringing that feeling back. You're only good as your last album. Yo, exactly. Yo, and we don't you, never want to have a bad album, man. That's how I feel. Do you remember the level of anticipation you had before the, um, the Clue tapes dropped, though? Hell yeah. Man. Hit you with all of that, man. man. Even Ted Smooth for a little bit. Ted Smooth had to, you remember? What about when you have to actually go to the mixtape spot to I get used to have the to go to I used to go to Jamaica Ave to I get to the spot. You remember about the beef patty spot? My guy. Man, come yeah. on. You had to pull up with at least a good 40 on you to make sure you got the tunes right for coming into the weekend. Everybody but from Long Island was in Queens. Yeah. <laughs> we got to make sure that we get this damn thing on track, though. You know, so I'm sorry I came in with the hype energy because I felt the music. That man was speaking to my soul. You know what I mean? Shout out to Amina. Shout out to He's him, fire. man. He's fire. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listen of all type from near and far. You are now tuned in to what was supposed to be an interview. But you know what happens, folks? We have some special guests from time to time that we do like to bring from all different walks of life. But much like life is not always predictable, sometimes you got to forget about the damn destination and you got to go on this journey. I got the privilege of being in a room with four brothers because the homie Miles is in the booth over here. You know what I mean? So if we got all four homies in the room, I know it's going to be a good day for some exploratory dialogue, folks. Mm. Been a little while since we just got in here and let you know that we that damn crew over here. So we might as well let it do what it do. The way that we do. How y'all feeling on that, fellas? Uh, do do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was, was that like Morse code? Or yeah, yeah, man. You doo-doo. know, echo joint. There's no better day to go on a journey. I'm wearing an Explorer too. It is the gentleman of extraordinary league coming down, man. We got to start off. Been a little while. First things first. I want to ask a couple people. Yo, fellas, what's been going on in your lives? What's moving? How y'all feeling? What's up, man? I've been on the grind. Still feeling a little jet lagged and. Coma induced and what so, you know, sunglasses and Advil is mad real when you out in Chicago and coming back the next day. Just hustling, man. Opportunities have been coming left and right out of nowhere, which is kind of wild. Okay. When you on that grind, man, you don't got time to look up. I'm tunnel vision. Bro, did you deep dish? Oh, you know I deep dished. I deep dished thoroughly. I was there for 18 hours. Yeah. I, I deep dish for 12. You know there what we saying? go. That's what's up, homie. I don't even know if that's a euphemism or not, but I'm going to just let you rock on that. You deep, know? Deep yeah, I wasn't going to touch it. Deep dish pizza. You know, I, I, I hope. You. I'm hoping, you know, hope. I'm hoping he had both. He yeah, careful, did his thing. Wishing and prayers, man. I don't, don't know. I ain't asking no questions, man. You know? Don't ask. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I had to get that hey, one out. You got Bars. it, man. Yo, Troy, what's been going on in your world, man? Fam, this past weekend was wild. I was supposed to go to my neighbor's crib to just have one glass of wine Saturday night, and mm-hmm. that shit turned to four That's bottles. That's the setup right That's there. That's the setup, fam. Yeah, just have one glass. Four bottles. This man, I don't know, he cracked it open and, and it just started flowing. We was wilding, man. We had a good time. I got to spend time with a good friend of mine, a mentor, and his kids, and his kids are older, 12 and 16, but two of the smartest fucking kids I've ever met in my life, man. The conversation, the dialogue, he's raised these kids so well. And in my drunk stage, I was still taking notes like, yo, if I can raise my kid to be anything like these kids, I've done a good job. They were just fucking culturally aware. They were just with it. And it was really dope to be in a room with them. That's what's up. All right. Corey, what's going down, fam? Man, I got to have a really long conversation with each of my parents together and separately. So I talked to my father for a while and I got to ask him a lot of questions about why he did certain things. Now that I've well grown, mm. you know, you could have like an honest conversation mm. about parenting and like why you chose to do this, why you sent me here, stuff like that. And so, so I can honestly say that a lot of the decisions he made that I seriously questioned when I was a kid have probably kept me in the right place. You know, at the time, I'm super upset with my father about making me go to different schools and taking me out of place and sending me to therapy and sending me to psychologists and all this different stuff that was happening. And I just wanted to, like, play ball and run around, you know what I mean? And I understand now that he was concerned about my long-term development. Yeah. And at the time, it was like, yo, you're wasting $30,000, $40,000 a year on these extra things. Like, I'll just... But I can't get a car when I'm 16. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, well, it's a good thing I didn't get that car. I went and got the car myself. It's a good thing I learned these things because I understand things differently. And I certainly wouldn't be as developed all around, especially emotionally as I am now, if it wasn't for the decisions that both of my parents made. So I had that conversation with them separately. And then I had a conversation with them together about life. And uh, we're going to go back and talk about their marriage. Yeah. And I'm essentially sort of life coaching my parents, which is really interesting. Just kind of sharing some of the information and knowledge I have. But in having these conversations with them, I learned so much about myself. Mm-hmm. I learned from things that my mother is like, why I'm this way emotionally or why I respond to things this way. It's because that's how my mother is. Mm-hmm. And she's this way because of these things. And it's really interesting to see how your your childhood affects your adulthood and all, and that is in response to your parents. And I was lucky enough to have both, but it gives me another perspective on people who didn't. Yeah. Or people who are missing certain things and why they respond certain ways and why they are who they are. Because all of us as trainers in some aspect are doing at least a small portion of life coaching. You're always trying to figure out how to motivate your clients, at least mm-hmm. in a certain narrow aspect. And when it starts to expand and you really are full-fledged life coaching, you start to learn things. And if you're sensitive enough to it, you learn things about yourself. And this weekend was probably the one of the better weekends for the personal development. And the intention was just to understand things. I like that sentiment, and I, I think that that is a perfect point of departure to try to go on as we start to look back, because you're talking about reflection, and when you talk about reflection, you're going back and you're looking for that perspective. You look at some of the components that add up to who you are today, right? Mm-hmm. you got to get back down to the basic ingredients, so to speak. And as you start to look through those basic ingredients, you start to see, well, this is why I do this thing that I do today. And that that one is a precious moment to have, because not a lot of people have that ability to look back in order to go forward yeah. there's a proverb called sankofa i forget which country it's out of inside of africa but essentially the symbol is a bird looking back and flying forward at the same time mm-hmm. right and that means that you have to learn from your past to go forward so as the gentleman of extraordinary Sounds like league, a good way to fly into a plane you know i mean listen you can get into the wing situation and whatever you want you know but i'm a euro step past the bullshit in it Corey. <laughs> i'm gonna just hit you with the one two give you a head fake because i was on a path to go to a good direction 
<laughs> Tell my man had to hit you with the badump bump, but Euro step past the badump bump, and I'm gonna jump right into this conversation that we set up over here, right? Let's go. So we gonna get into it, man. <laughs> so you know what? Matter of fact, I'm gonna stick with your ass, Corey. We gonna stay over here. <laughs> now that you got my attention, oh, you want the attention? Body. Here you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's talk about unpacking some of this shit, man. And you know what? It is a privilege to have everybody in the room at the same time because. I feel like personally, the last few episodes that we've had, we had some amazing conversations. And I want to make sure that everybody had a chance to touch on this because this is all your product too, right? So one thing in particular, we talk about looking back at getting perspective. I got to shout out to homie Cloudy Visions episode. Shout out to the homie Jones for putting us, plugging us in with that brother. And I mean, the gems was heavy all throughout there. And Corey, I know you didn't get a chance to be a part of that conversation because you had a bunch of stuff going on. But if we look back and we understand what the crooks of that show was about, and it's talking about taking a mask off, letting the ego down. A lot of the stuff that Cloudy was talking about and when he was painting was his internal reflection of what he was dealing with throughout life. So he felt like as a black man, he had to wear a mask all the time to hide his emotion. He felt like we can't present our full spectrum of emotion from time to time. And this is something that sounds like it's kind of close to what you were talking about inside the conversation with your parents. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you straight up, like, yo, how did you feel about that episode? What do you think about some of those layers inside of hiding your emotion because it was a, the only way of life that we knew across the board it's a systemic thing i think everyone's hiding their emotions in some way shape or form especially um, black men but the difference is what part of you you're hiding depending on what your background is mm. so for me like i grew up you know in the suburbs with both my parents with the you know what i mean the whole nine yard like, i didn't even have to move over to uncle phil i was already there yeah you know i hid different things for a while Dad, I hid that I was from Long Island. I was telling people I was from different places when I was young, mm-hmm. when I was mad young, because people find out you from the suburbs like, oh, you soft, let's go. You know, so I would do that just to kind of cover some things up. I bumped around seriously for like six, eight months not being able to see because I didn't want to wear glasses because, again, that makes you look soft. And if a fight break out, you don't want to get your glasses broke. So I squinted mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah. Got my jump shot so better though. Real. If you can shoot when you can't see the rim, yeah. you start you getting better. Be <laughs> Contest came out. I was straight. <laughs> yeah. But you end up hiding things all the time and it depends on what you're hiding from who you're hiding that from. Right. So then you get to you get to the corporate world and you start hiding different aspects of yourself so Ooh. that you know, so that people don't see. You hide a different you respond to anger differently publicly, then you go home and punch pillows, you know, or put holes in walls or whatever it may be. And the reality of it is that the mask in itself is an additional burden. Because then you have to deal with the fact that you've been hiding. So now you have to question, am I an authentic person? Because I'm not this dude to Brian. I'm not this dude to Greg. Then I go over with my boys and I'm this dude. You know, I talk to my lady. I'm this dude. I talk to these people. I'm this person. And you end up being so many different people. And the lucky aspect that we have is at least we have us a couple of mediums where we can just be ourselves. For sure. And we have others that allow us to be ourselves. But the reality of it is you can't be you all the time unless you're willing to take the consequences that come from it. I make less money because I, at least for right now, because I choose not to do certain things and I choose not to conform to certain paths. Luckily, it's the path that I wanted to go through. I just kind of evolved it to fit who I am and what I need to do. But that's not the opportunity that everyone has. If you want to be an accountant, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have to conform in some fashion Absolutely. or work for certain types of companies. Absolutely. So that that all of that comes into play. The, the one upside, the one advantage of being a creative, because most of them are not advantages. The one advantage of being a creative is that if you are creative enough, you can create in a space that allows you to be you. Now, Troy, you had an objection to that. You said that yeah. you feel like you are 100% yourself in every way that you present. 
yeah, all the time. I, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I haven't had to fall on the sword for it. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it comes with a, with a very, very heavy risk. But I think that at the same time, I think the burden outweighs that for me. And the burden of not being true to who I am and, and being able to look myself in the mirror is something that just for me at this point in my life, I, I just can't do. So I can't compromise my integrity. I can't compromise the things that I stand on just for the sake. I, I'm, I'm done with being a people pleaser. Like, I'm really at a point where it's like, take me as I am. And, and, I, and with that comes, I can't, I don't get every opportunity. Right. Um, you do take that monetary hit sometimes, but we're also in a place where, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, certain people are hashtag authenticity. And yeah. they're loving that shit and they're eating it up. So, you know, I, I do capitalize to that as well. But, you know, it, it, it I just... I can't compromise my identity. I have to be just who I am. Man. You shouldn't. You know? And I'm pushing back for the point of conversation. Of course, man. Right? Let's, let's do this. You do take it personally, though. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So it does impact you. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. it's not like you feel that way and when you get the adverse reaction, yeah. you just are okay with it. No. Because I've seen you have adverse reactions to people saying, this is not the thing that we think that you should be doing. Absolutely. Somebody else is trying to define you and you have a visceral reaction to that. Yeah. I've seen it happen You've often. You've seen it. Yeah. Right? So inside of that, there is a double-edged sword, right? And inside of that conversation where we're talking about the positive thing, I want to get to this point, Mm -hmm. right? But the society that we live in doesn't want your full spectrum of emotion. They're not really – they want the things that we want to celebrate. So they want to hear about you being sensitive. Mm -hmm. They want to hear about you being accommodating. They Mm want to hear about all of the – kind of like Corey was saying, the Uncle Phil traits. Mm -hmm. But if I'm a person that's grown up, in a bunch of different stuff mm-hmm. that comes from, mm-hmm. hey, this was a liability at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Give me my full space for my emotions. So can I have an angry mm-hmm. reaction? Mm-hmm. Can I have the emotions that are still valid, but they're not the ones that we want to celebrate right now? Let's talk about having a conversation. I want to kick this yeah. around. Yeah. If we are unmasking ourselves, guys, yeah. do you really think that people are ready to see the full spectrum of black male emotion? Well, of course not. They're, they're definitely of course not. not. Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. go through it. Let's get a little deeper in that. I mean, the reality of it is they there's a very specific package of black man that's that's sellable right now. It's a very specific thing. There's still some room for the, there's still a lot of room for the thug black man, obviously. And then there's the brother who's overcome being a thug. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants you to have been born right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants you to have like essentially like kind of taking the path I have where I had my parents and everything was good and no no problems happened and I didn't go to jail and I didn't have to overcome anything crazy. They want to hear you overcoming something. Yeah. The stories that you get are always black men who've gotten through something to show you something. You can't just be a thing. Right. It's never, oh, well, we're going to have this conversation with this doctor. This doctor happens to be a black person. Mm-hmm. It's always, well, we talk about a black doctor and what the black doctor had to go through to be a doctor in this space. You're never just a person. It's because so, our tragedy is a commodity. We make it into music. We make it into movies. We make it into every type of thing. And we sell our tragedy. And it is the thing that moves everybody. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So how in the hell could you expect? Like, I could tell you, you could look down the box office list and I can mm-hmm. tell you, Few and far between the stories like you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Where this yeah. guy started off in a good life, made it to a good nah. place, and just went all the way. It's like, nah, nah. you start off dirt. You hear the dude that was homeless. <laughs> you gotta be rocky. Yeah. This guy was homeless. Denny, 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 yeah. I gotta yeah. be all kind of shit. Of course. Of course. <laughs> the reality is that one, society in general doesn't want whole people. Mm-hmm. They certainly don't want it from us. Yeah. Um, they want us to be spokespeople. They want us to be an example. They want us to be the token or very specific spaces for us. And also, we have to be honest about the fact that most people are scared of us. So the reaction to our reactions is different. If you're on the train and everyone starts running, but the black people start running, everybody out. 
I ain't gonna lie to you. If I see black people running, I'm running. I'm out. I'm out. I'm because when you know anything. if black people are running, something real bad happens. Question and shit. <laughs> I see anybody running. I'm out. Yeah, like, I don't care what you look yeah, like. It's like today. Me too. But especially black people. If you out, I'm out. If black I'm people running, I'm running. I'm running. <laughs> hey man, what you feel on that, Jones? Uh, so many emotions, man. I feel like to quote uh, so many rap lines in my head. People like you more when you're working towards something than when you have it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So that's just general across the board. Like yeah. I remember somebody telling me once, like if your car break down on the side of the road and you just stand there. Like, nobody's going to help you mm. at all. But if you get out and start pushing that car yourself, then somebody's going to stop and help you push that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to tie it back into us uh, commodifying our, our tragedy, like, that's really what it is. It's like, that's the number one thing that sells because other races, not to call nobody out, but they don't have the same type of trials and tribulations we go through. Yeah. So. Therefore, in order to feel emotion in that regard, they got to see it and they see it through us. And mm-hmm. that's how we get that's how we capitalize off of it to go into that corporate world and to have to package yourself up in a way that is, you know, acceptable is the the strife that the black man is always going to have to go through. Like, it's all fun and games. So I'd be like, yo, give me your wallet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. And they like, give it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> in a boardroom. It's like until you, until you flexing your Rolex and then come up missing and yeah. you looking around like. Yo, what I thought it was all love. No, it ain't all love in here. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So it's it's balancing that aspect of will I ever be able to show my full range of emotions? Like y'all love a tribe called Quest because it was you know '90s and it was good hip hop. I like Three Six Mafia. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't play that around y'all. Y'all not gonna feel safe when I start to going wild when Project Pat is kicking bars. So it's like mm. it's a it's a weird space to be able to coexist and then also you know know that this isn't the full me you're never going to get my full spectrum and it's especially something that's tricky to navigate through when you are talking about in those corporate worlds right because you you have to be hyper aware of how you present to everybody else that's not necessarily something that you just walk in it's just kind of like yo i'm just this dude right now because you can see it and you can feel that energy shift where it's like yo all right Check this out, Todd. You got one more joke to make before I have Yo. to crack you. Yeah. And then we're going to see where it's going. Because it was like, listen, you can talk to homeboy over here mm-hmm. however you want to talk to him. But Boundary when you come over here, yeah. Yeah, that ain't, that it ain't, ain't going to work. And I've been in executive positions yeah. where I've seen two dudes that know each other a little bit better than they know me. Mm-hmm. They talk about each other's mothers, fathers, whoever they need to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Not here. Come man. on this side. Please understand that once you cross a certain line, I got to cross a line too. Now, my line look different. Right, because I went through a bunch of different shit. Absolutely. So we we have to understand where we're coming from inside there, and we have to be hyper aware of that. And unfortunately, I feel like it's always to a detriment in some way, shape, or form. And I'd like to work towards that space where we can all meet each other and to have that same. Okay, I understand where you're coming from. I understand not to come out of my side and say some wild shit to you because yeah, I'm I'm dealing with some stuff too. But culturally, those differences are hard to translate from time to time. I do appreciate y'all perspective on that. And I want to keep that same thing about that perspective going forward as we transition to the next side. You know, my homie Young Jones was here for the conversation that you and I had, Troy, with Jose and Silva. You remember that episode, uh, Jones? Of course. I was tight I wasn't around for that. So in case anybody out there listening didn't understand, Jose is a hip-hop photographer, but I mean, that's just a one category of who yeah. that dude is. He's a philosopher. Corey, yeah. I don't think you were here for that one either. No. Man is deep, connected on his music shit, and we were vibing from just like day one. We met on a photo shoot for something totally different, but just started talking about band t-shirts that he had and just was like, yo, this is one of the craziest conversations. Right. And we had a privilege to sit down and talk to him, and this brother's deep. Yeah. He got different directions that he's trying to give you from all different kind of 
paths and things that he had to face on his crossroads. And I know, Jones, we've had many conversations about you being at a creative crossroad. Of course. And we talk a lot about, like, the ability to do a lot of things can ultimately give you the inability to make the decision to see which one is the right uh-huh. one. Of course. Right? And he talked about coming to that crossroad and going straight. He liked music, producing. He liked photography. He was like, all right, which one am I going to do? I'm going to kind of figure out a way to make them both happen. So I'm going to be a photographer for music producers. He ended up getting into that position. I wanted to get an idea of what you felt about that episode and then try to talk through some of that crossroad conversation a little bit. First and foremost, I was pissed that I couldn't be here <laughs> because I'm working in this corporate world. And when your staff fall through and you got to pick up the pieces. So that was first. Second, I definitely ran into Jose at a Rafael Sadiq concert. Oh. He was fucking taking photos literally right next to him. I'm like, what the fuck is this dude with this ponytail all in the way? Fucking up the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> He's mad. Kyle shot sure dance enough. tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I'm like, yo, who is dude? Yo, yo, get out the way. But you know what I'm saying? When I see the art and I made that connection, I was like, wow, that's a small world. And third of all, just coming to that crossroad, it's a gift and a curse to be good at everything and not know what you're great at. And I tell people all the time that procrastination and perfection are hand in hand. They are like the same word to me. Mm. Wow. At some point, you're going to get to a chase and that chase is either going to be, I'm striving to be the best that I can. So everything has to be right. And then it's eventually going to swing into the lane of like, well, this isn't right. This isn't right. This isn't right. And then you just stagnate. So it's going to lead to stagnation at some point. So with that creative crossroad, I feel like you have to make a choice. So to Silver's point, go straight. And once you go straight, you have to pull everything else with you. You got to pull it together. You have to make it as you go. Um, for me, I think it was just merging all of my interests in one. And the conversation I had with Tone a minute ago was, well, if I do everything I want to do in the fitness industry, I can live long enough to do everything else that I want to do. So I want to tap into music. Cool. I'm now making music for this company that I'm, you know, leading diversity and inclusion for, right? I want to touch the fashion world. Cool. I'm working with this athleisure brand to get out some dope shit that I want to wear in the gym and on the street. Like, I want to do some art shit. Cool. I'm making social media shit for a podcast that we have, but it's a wellness podcast. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, it's I'm choosing my lane and pulling everything else that I want into that lane. And it's not even necessarily a pull. It's more of a, a gravitational field because we're in energy. So people think like, I can't believe all this stuff is coming to him. It's like, nah, it, he's drawn to it and it's drawn to him because he made that choice to go forth and pursue it. And that's how the universe works. So one of the things you mentioned just now is you said being good at a lot of things and then not knowing what you're great at. Looking at it from the athlete and developing athlete standpoint, you're not great until you work at it. And you're not great until you choose and then you decide to practice. And then once you put the work in, then your good can go to great and your great can go beyond that. But you have to figure it out first. Yeah, make that choice. Exactly. And the hard part is, especially when you're talking about being creative, is as you develop, your dis- your direction for greatness changes sometimes. So I started out with a completely different idea on who I'm supposed to be than I have now. And it may change over time. Hopefully it stays because at least I can do this. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> but but that's the reality of things. So I, I we've had conversations about what, what creative things you're going to follow. I'm like, yo, just do this. Just do this. Just do this. And he was like, chill. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to shut up. Right. And eventually when you figure out, okay, I, I can put these things together and I can line this up. And there's so many creatives that listen to us. And I'm sure this is going to help someone what Jones is telling you right now. But the idea is that you have to 
once you pick your thing, you can then work at your thing, but you can't work at all the things simultaneously. You have to decide how to funnel it. And it may be you choose something. It may be you choose to put everything into a direction and work that direction, but you have to pick because mm-hmm. you just can't do everything. That's the, that's the fault I made recently is I just tried to do everything simultaneously and it's impossible. I think that's the fault a lot of people make because again, you get the, the broad spectrum of possibility because there's so many things that could happen mm-hmm. and there's so many things that should happen. Right. But the ones that you do, the idea is only going to be worth the execution. Kind of like what you're saying. Don't be good. Be great. Well, great comes with that practice. Got to get practice in. Not I, a game. I agree. Not I a ex- game. Not ex- a game. <laughs> not at all. No games. You talk talking about practice. Practice. <laughs> practice. Again, this also ties back to you finding out and identifying who you are and being your true authentic self. Because a lot of people try to tell you, like, yo, there's this cool opportunity. Do this shit. Do that shit. Do that shit. But then you have to stay the course and really remind yourself that cool thing that someone's offering me to do. Is that is that in line with my mission? Is it in line with my brand? Is it in line with who I'm trying to be and in, in the direction I'm trying to go in? And I had to tell myself, like, less is more. Less is more. Simplify things. Once I started to simplify things, things started to make sense. And then, like you said, energy just started to pull things in my direction. And it wasn't even like, it was like you said, it was energy. But it was like, all right, I already know the direction of what I want and the direction of what I'm trying to go. So now I can pick and weed and get shit out. Because, you know, I'm from the generation where we... We believe there's a there's a complete difference between being busy and being productive. There's a lot of motherfuckers that look like they got shit going on, but don't really got nothing going on because they're just everywhere. I think it's really important to really focus and identify who you are. And then once you focus on who you are, you start to build on that. Let's know? talk about that gravitational pull and everything yeah. that kind of comes inside of that direction when you start to focus and refine yourself a little bit, Troy. We talked about that with the homie Minaj Diaz. Remember that conversation, Kyle? Of course. Where homie was coming in. That's the Buddha and Balenciaga. Yeah, I wish I was there for that. You man. know, I know it's Troy got in his feelings about the, the yeah. fashion comments. <laughs> Yo. He was in your feelings for the fashion comments. I comment. was, fam. But you got to get over that for a second because nah, it's a more we, important we conversation. Now. I had a conversation <laughs> with Jones. Clear it <laughs> up. Yeah, I got to clear it up on the mic. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not the only flash yeah. fashion representative yeah. here. Listen, we made we made <laughs> comment, I'm the best under 30. I'm going to let y'all get both parts of that direction because again i'm a euro step past the bullshit (laughs) and i'm gonna go towards when minaj brought up the side where he was talking about finding the whole self-inquiry aspect uh troy and that was going back into the same kind of refinement where you were talking about just now where you knew the direction that you wanted to go into and you started to be able to weed through some of the noise so to speak right now he talked about his inner work that he did in order to become a better father and now he was able to pass that on to his daughter and he he saw his daughter develop that empowerment from the mental work that he was doing. Yeah. Right. I want to know what you felt about listening back through that. And I know your story and yeah. what you're going through for your mental health. Yeah. Talk to me about a little bit of the stuff that you want to pass on to Sage when you're getting into that position where he's going to be well built for that. And so many different things that I, that I think about as, you know, Sage is only 14 months, but now you see that and he's in a leap and his molars are coming in. So he's fucking tiring right now. But patience is something I definitely feel that's so important, something I've been working on. Public service announcement. You guys see the photos on Instagram. You see me with my son, my wife. We're hanging. We're smiling. Everything looks awesome all the time. True talk, real talk. Parenting is fucking hard. Uh, parenting takes a lot of sacrifice. You can lose your self-identity in parenting. And I think it's really important for me to set this healthy boundary of not losing myself in parenting. So I think something that I've been working on is, is patience and understanding and trusting the process that this first year, it's all about really setting up Sage and setting Sage up for success and making sure that we're doing the best job as parents. He has a pulse. He has those teeth. He's alive. 
yay, we did a great fucking job. Second year, more about us finding and identifying our relationships, speaking our love language, and continuing to build and foster our marriage. Because if we can do that, we could be strong for him. And once that part is in play, that's when I think those things could start really coming into into play of what that legacy and what that lane looks like for Sage. Obviously, patience is super important because right now he doesn't have it. He's young. He wants to do everything. He wants to fucking touch everything he's not supposed to. And he wants to test my gangster every day. He will hover his hand on top of shit that he's not supposed to touch. Like, literally two inches from it. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. And he just smirks at me. And you guys can't see it at home, but I go like this. You know what he did the other day? (laughs) Right in my face. I was like, oh, we're a fan? (laughs) Patience is something. Uh, Reminding him that, that I love him all the time. Calling him a sweetheart. Giving him hugs. Giving him kisses. Giving him love. Nurturing him, nurturing him, nurturing him. And something I think is super important that I even post about on Instagram is I think the best gift, the best thing that I can give to my son is accessibility. Because that's something that I think we speak about that a lot of these kids that are underprivileged or kids that come from the environments that we come from that didn't have that opportunity. The only difference between us and them is someone gave us a chance. Someone gave us a shot. Someone pointed us in the direction to do something different, to be something different, to see something different. So I think if I can set my son up with that success, keep his passport popping, give him that cultural education of exploring the world, speak to him about finances and the important, like, I mean, the, the shit that Royce was talking about, right? Listen, if I sell you something for 5000 Sage, and it's and then you sell it for $7,500, what's that? That's upselling, right? So teaching him things like that. Right. If 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 I can do all this for you, if I could buy these watches that I want to hand you and me and my mom, your mom can make all this money to do whatever we got to do. But you got to rely on a scholarship to get into the school that you want to get into. What have we done? We failed that young man financially. Right. So at the point, that's at the point where I'm just trying to make the right moves and chess moves to continue to put him in the right situation, give him accessibility. And from a young age, show him how to manage money and how to manage time. Corey, you had something that you want to throw in there? My first honest impression with Troy is, oh, this is an angry dude. I was like, all right, I got to be careful what I say because he's a cool dude, but he's yeah. an angry dude. So I got to watch what I say so he don't get pissed off and we can stay on a good level. And then you started talking about – this is before your son was mm-hmm. born. You started talking about your want to have a child and mm-hmm. what you and your wife were doing. And the main thing I caught out of that was love. Mm-hmm. And the love changed me thinking of Troy as an angry dude to thinking of him as a passionate dude. Mm-hmm. And that's the main difference was the love. And I didn't really see the love until – the idea of your son came into play. Mm-hmm. And then he was born, and I was super emotionally invested in your son. Like, the day you said y'all were pregnant, we was all hyped. Yeah. Like, the whole Absolutely. squad was crazy. Absolutely. Right? And then he was born, we were crazy. Like, everything has been crazy since then. But the one thing that's carried, and the one thing that I got from that conversation with my father, the thing that I needed the most that I got from him was love. Yep. And I think that's the thing that affects people so much is how much love you really feel whether you think you need it or not there were so many times in my childhood where i didn't do something and i was like oh my parents gonna be mad or whatever it was and what it really was was i knew i had love somewhere else i knew i was okay so i could go take a risk or do a thing or reach out and we always look for a particular commodity like i want to be financially here i want to make sure my kid has this and i want to give him this house and this all these things and those things are great and those things are very important to development they give you advantages that other people don't have mm-hmm. but regardless of what your resources are regardless of how much money you have the capacity to earn cuz mm-hmm. everybody can't earn the way you earn yeah you know but love yep it's the most important thing and i'll and i'll just say this should be fully transparent when you met me it was i'm definitely passionate i'm a pisces i'm super passionate uh 
And, but, but I also was still angry and I was angry because I was conflicted becoming a new father, never having a father. Am I going to do this thing? Right. What is right? What does right look like? Like I tell myself every day, you're doing a great job. You're, you're doing the best you can. But I just was asking myself, honestly, like, am I equipped for this thing? I was also in a place where I was like angry because there's so many things that I feel I should know going into this chapter of my life that I didn't know because I didn't have this person in my life to teach me these things. But I think God had a way of putting sage in my life and really filling that void. And I think after going to therapy, I finally came with terms of forgiving my father for his absence and understanding that we're all humans and understanding that he got my mother pregnant at 18. He was a baby. You know what I mean? I'm, I'll, I'll be 38 next week. I got my shit together way more than he had it together when they did that. Even I'm even more forgiving of certain things that my mom couldn't do for me. Seeing that walk. If I'm, if I'm 20 years older than when she had me and I have it together more than she did and she was able to give me this access to the world, shit. Sometimes I see my mother, I swear to God, I just give her a kiss and I hug her and I say, I'm sorry. She's like, what are you apologizing for? I'm like, for being hard on you for not understanding the sacrifices that you made for me to be where I am. And, and like you said, being able to put these things together that I wasn't able to put together now until until now, right? So like, oh my God, I'm, I'm more empathetic and I'm not as angry because I feel like Sage came into my life and he helped me fill these voids. He helped me fill these voids and it just put things in perception for me because of my son and these experiences and doors that I now have to walk through I'm able to forgive the people who walked through them before me. Well, anger stems from fear. Absolutely. And the cure to fear is education information. So if you can understand and know what love is, you can yeah. understand what a father is supposed to look like. You yeah. can understand because your fear was, yeah. I don't know what a father is supposed to look like. So I don't want to mess this up. I How do I have, not fuck I this up? I still have days where I feel insufficient, it, but, but I do the best I can. That's all you can And do. that makes me feel great. I'm like, at the at bare minimum, if I'm loving this young man with everything I have, I've done a great job today. Now you pop. Oh, <laughs> man. In case y'all was running, y'all pop. Oh, man. <laughs> up there now. Jones, what you got on that, brother? I have nothing else to add because, <laughs> so because it has been said. It so has we're gonna been. Send your segue. I'm counting on you. You know, he put it in a nice little package, and it was something that he said inside there that I also like where he's talking about. He didn't know if he could find himself inside of that love or that new role that he was coming into, mm -hmm. right? And I'm reminded of a Miss T and King conversation that we had many, many moons. moons ago. There were some moons in it. There were yeah. some moons, moons on there. it. But Put a moon on it. The crooks of her book, I lost myself when I found you, is the kind of thing that I think we can kind of stem into this conversation with a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. So you talk about having that love. You talk about having that passion. You have that direction. We all have aspiration that we want to get into. And we often lose track of what it is that we want to get to in that destination and forget about the journey, kind of like how we started mm -hmm. off at the top of mm -hmm. this conversation. Troy, you were worrying about fixing a lot of things that you didn't even know existed. Yep. You can't fix what you don't know. Anxiety inside of people's spaces that we have all throughout the walks of life. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to fix a bunch of shit that I don't know how to fix. Yeah. Nobody gave me a rule book to it. There is no place. Nobody gave There's... me the, the blueprint. I Still didn't looking the... for it. So let's talk about that. Let's go through that and how to not get lost inside of that pursuit or inside of that idea for being better than the past that you knew. Like, we're still going into that Sankofa direction, right? So I'm looking back to learn, but I don't want to get caught into what I'm learning from because I'm flying forward to avoid the wing that my man was talking about over on the other side. How do we avoid that fear of trying to fix something that we don't know? What are some of the things that we can do 
to check in to make sure that we're on the right path, Young Jones? I think it really boils down to being real with yourself and to Corey's point, understanding. I can't stress about being broke when nobody in my family ever had money. Like, why would I stress about being a millionaire if my mother ain't one, my father ain't one, nobody in my immediate circle was that, but then also can hold that same space and know, well, I'll be the first one. I'll be the one that's going to change that generational curse. And now I have to lay out the foundation to not only those that come after me, but those that are still around me so that they can level up and understand where I'm at. So I can't worry about things that they worried about because we're not on the same path. Like they gave me the best of everything they had to what Matt James's point. I'm the product of somebody investing in me. They invested in me. So now I have to give them that ROI. I'm the one that's going to be like, yo, this is how we got to move now. Y'all did this. Cool. But this is how I level up. And that is what cures any anxiety that I may or may not have about being successful because I'm already successful. It's a matter of about, all right, now I got to take this a step further every time and make that choice to be great every time. That's what's up, yo. How do you check in, Corey? Accountability. So. I'm personally one of those people that I need to make sure I'm checking up on things constantly because I'll get distracted. And there's so many opportunities and so many things. And like we talked about all the things you're good at. And, you know, especially if you open yourself up to assisting people, if you say, yo, I'll help you if you need help, people gonna call you for that help. And then you got to figure out how to help them and how to put that time in. So one of the things that I think is highly important is creating accountability. One that you do yourself check in for your day. Um, check in for yourself daily, set a time of the day where you go, how did yesterday go? What does today look like? What does tomorrow look like? You should do that daily at some pa- some way, some, some shape and form. And have someone else that you check in to. Because I don't care how refined and how on point you are, you will give yourself allowances. You will make excuses. You will say, I was tired. I was this. I was that. Somebody else will be like, yeah, but you said he was done by Thursday. It's Friday. What's up? You will always give yourself an excuse. Someone else won't make choose that person wisely, though. Choose somebody who will not give you the allowances, who will. And it has to be someone you'll respect enough to take, because if the wrong person tries to check you, you are not going to respond to it. Well, that's just the reality of who you are. So accountability also needs intent ahead of it. You have to know who can actually hold you accountable and then ask them to do it. Three things that I try to do every day. One of these three things, I'm either trying to earn, learn, or create. And we can unpack that another time, but earn, learn, or create. Putting opportunities where I'm earning, creating more money, more opportunities, things like that. Something where I'm learning. So every day I need to be learning something new, applying some new tool to the shed. And and then three, I need to be in a position where I'm creating something, uh, creating new ideas, creating new art opportunities. Simple. Those two, th- those two things, earn, learn, create. That's already trademarked, so I don't want to hear no personal yeah. trainers coming out with the <laughs> yeah, earn, learn, yeah, create yeah. class. Yeah, I got the shirt. We had enough, that's we that's have us, enough that's baby brooches. Addison off the strength. Yes. <laughs> that's us right there, just so y'all know what time it is. Let me go ahead and see somebody come out with a binder <laughs> yeah. with earn, learn, create. Yo, you y'all going to see Angry Troy come right back <laughs> it's out. It's going to be in a coffee shop Serena tomorrow. Serena Williams' yeah. backhand. Somebody getting, <laughs> somebody getting this one on that, you know. I want to go into <laughs> the next component of that in that check-in aspect is that when you do find those people that you can push that information out to and you get that feedback from them, how do you accept when you're wrong mm. inside that inside that dialogue? And what do you do when you know you were wrong? How do you go about navigating through that side? Man, uh, 
I say it, I say it all the time. Correction isn't punishment. Correction is not punishment. Again, this comes back, this comes down to learning. And for me, many, many a times, the learning aspect of my earn, learn, uh, create is, is me owning the fact that I wasn't moving the right way, owning the fact that I might have let my ego dictate where this situation was going. And the learning process of that is also being aware that you got to assume positive intent when it comes to these people. Not everybody, but the people that are close to you, the people that you've called the confidants, the ones that you're talking to, the ones that are saying, hey, listen, brother, like that really wasn't a good look. You shouldn't have did that. Like the response needs to be like, okay, don't respond immediately. Take time, digest, process, make a rational thought behind it, and then say, you know what? I apologize or I'm sorry. I also don't think I'm sorry is weak. If I apologize, I apologize. But if I'm sorry, I'm also genuinely sorry. And last year, I think I had to do it a couple times, man, where I wanted to make sure that I was eliminating my ego and making room and space for myself to grow um, by making sure I was making right. I mean, Tony, there's been many times where I've thrown you a contract, thrown you something, and you've been like, yo, I don't think you should go that way. And I'm like, you know what? Well, I think it's going to be a good idea. And then I'm hitting you later. I'm like, you know what, Tone? I don't think that was the right idea, man. And you're like, I try to tell you. I was just showing you don't go that way because I understand the direction of where you're trying to go. And I think you felt, I think I fell short on the plan. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I think that's really what's important there is, is understanding correction is a punishment, man. And, and that's how you learn is being open to receiving that feedback and also apologizing. Man, listen, I know my strength from being weak, fam. <laughs> Dead ass. That's yeah. the only way I know it. And it takes a while to get into that I'm sorry bag yeah. because... It usually, again, because I don't present all of my stuff up front, if I'm apologizing, it's yeah. for a reason and it's because it came from a lot. And often that does take a lot for me to get into. So I am constantly in reflection trying to work through that, getting into it. But I do want to find the place that I was wrong mm-hmm. fast as possible. Yep. Understand where I need to secure that because that's an area that I wasn't even, if I was that wrong, I wasn't even aware cognitively of what was happening inside that situation. So I do rely on that everybody around me to give me that feedback and understand it's like yo my mind just literally wasn't on that mm-hmm. it was not a thing that i was thinking about yeah so interesting enough um i read this article recently and it was about the difference between feedback and criticism mm-hmm. and what i took away from it the most was feedback can be looked at as like a data point mm-hmm. so like if someone is giving you analytics on something like here's what here's what you've done so far these are the numbers to back it mm-hmm. that's what feedback is Criticism is someone's opinion mm-hmm. of whatever you did and how they felt from it. And that's kind of the, how I broke up the mm-hmm. two. So I think in order to get into that, that bag of I was wrong, I need to, I need to not only be presented with the problem, but also the, the solution, solution. Yes, sir. As well. Yes, like sir. you can't just be like, yo, you did this wrong, fam, and I don't appreciate it. And that's it. It's like, oh, no, listen. What's the direction? Yeah, like, okay, so then how can we do it better? Or if I'm so wrong, then what is the right way? Or how can we work together to get to this point? So I'm okay with knowing that I fucked up. I own this. It won't happen again because I rarely make mistakes twice. But it's a matter of understanding that if you don't present a solution, then don't just call out a problem because then you're adding to the problem. So many, many moons ago in one of the many jobs that I've worked when I worked for Apple, we had something in part of our credo that was called fearless feedback. So fearless feedback was something that was designed and put in place specifically to create 
uh, non-passive aggressive environments, but to give people the space to say, hey, listen, you offended me. And this is how I felt, and this is how I think you should handle it. So that was what it was. It was the same thing. It was like, uh, I'm I'm going to talk to you opposed to running to the boss and just trying to get you fired, or I'm going to do this. It was just you and me in a room saying, hey, listen, Kyle, what you did, I found it to be extremely offensive. It made me feel this way. Um, and then you, it gives you room to be acknowledged and aware because, like you said, sometimes you just don't fucking know. You didn't mean to, but you, you, you're moving quick. You didn't even know you offended me. You're just trying to put out a fire. And then, and then here's the solution. Here's how, here's how I think we could have handled it. And then we come to this admirable, uh, approach to where we both feel comfortable. You get your job. I get my feelings off. No one's fired. No one's super sensitive. And that's it, you know? And a lot of times people just want to be heard inside of that conversation, yeah, man. right? Absolutely. And just that representation alone could take you so much further and it can help yeah. you change that course, right? Mm-hmm. So changing the course is an important part of this whole dialogue as well. Mm-hmm. Corey, I want to ask, how do you change course? When you come inside of these different situations, you realize you might be wrong or something else might be going on. You need to check in and somebody gives you that feedback. Okay, now you're at the point of decision. Which way do you need to go? How do you feel confidence in that change in course? There's a couple of people who are my mentors who have no idea they are. And one of those people, he's extremely personally successful financially, all those other things, has all the stuff you could check boxes on. Emotionally and socially, complete failure in my mind as far as the things that I would want to be. So... Every time I align my decision-making with his, I change. Because I know for a fact that this person is relatively similar to me. Mm -hmm. And the decisions that that person has made led to things that I don't want. And I care much more about my emotional wellness than I do about my financial wellness. Money's easy, man. Money's easy for some people. Money's easy for me anyway. But it comes with burdens. Yeah, it comes with things, but it's it's not something I've ever been like, yo, I can't make money. I've never been worried about making money. I have always been worried about whether or not I'm a good person or the right yeah, person. Absolutely. So that's part of what my process is. When I see that I'm doing something wrong, sometimes it takes longer than it should. Sometimes it takes certain people to point those things out. But I try to create examples that I can check myself against. Again, one of those things in accountability. The other thing is there's certain people who I know think completely opposite of me. Tony being one of those people. We think completely differently. We, we, we come to the same conclusion very often. We hardly ever heavily disagree. It's usually a semantic difference about this way or that way. But we generally agree about things. But if I am at a crux, there's been a couple of times where I asked Tony a question. And I don't even know if he knew I was asking him for that reason. Um, but I've come up with ways of being able to make decisions on myself based on what other people are doing and not necessarily following it, but a lot of times going in the opposite direction. And then with some people with taking that information and using it. So like you said about getting about what Kyle said about having essentially an objective or a subjective opinion, taking that that information and using it as just information and then taking some people's advice because they know you. And that's the advice you use, but it has to be somebody you respect. You dumb as fuck if you don't respect Tony's opinion, regardless of whether or not you agree with it. You know? So some of those things are what I do to make sure that I can immediately pivot. Because you got a Euro step through the bullshit. See? That's a hard step. <laughs> a hard if step. you half step yeah. your Euro step, it is not gonna be successful. Yeah. You have to jump step. You have to go far. So when you see that you're doing the wrong thing, you have to pivot. You have to know where your pivot is going to be because you can't just jump with no direction. But that's what you should do. And that's what I try to do. I can't say I've always done it. I can't say that I'm going to continue to always do it well, but that is the goal. Mm. 
man, if you would sit here and tell me that that was something that you always done, I would have lost all respect for you. Because <laughs> um, I, I should be in a way better place. <laughs> Not even that, because you know what? I appreciate everybody for celebrating their victories, but what I love is you telling people what your failures are. Because yeah, absolutely. That's, where the lessons, that's where the lessons yeah, exist. Yeah, and I do yeah. too, right? I, I definitely have them. I'm going through them right now. You guys know how I'm giving it up right yeah, now. Sure. To this day, there's a lot of things that I'm working through that are trying to be better about. Mm. But at the end of the day, if you put my opinion on the line and you put my integrity on the line and we ask, why am I doing something? Mm -hmm. You guys know how I feel about my inner circle. If there's a decision that doesn't seem like it's on par or on course, it's because I'm trying to save the greater good. Bar none, I will go through anything to save my family. I just know that. And I've given up opportunities. I've taken on opportunities. I've done a lot of different things. Principles, standards, whatever you put that on, I'm riding for my set. That's a credo that I got. From coming up in situations that this is how we had to get down. Yep. If you were part of this team, you were part, of, part this of this team, team. till the end. Yeah. If he did something, yo, that's my man. Yeah. I right, we riding on that. Yeah. That's how we gotta yeah. go through it. And I'm not, I'm not that guy, but I ain't removed from that guy either. Exactly. And I'm trying to understand how to take the mask off. Uh-huh. But when I take the mask off, that guy is yeah. still gonna be here and look at the bullshit to say, yo, I put up thirty. Man's put up ten, and you giving man's a promotion. I gotta mm. ask. I gotta ask questions. questions. I gotta see. We put up a whole years longs project worth of stuff that is building other empires. Oh, yeah. Where's that response coming back? Mm-hmm. When is it time to reap those seeds that we've sowed? Yeah. And I take anger inside of that, Troy. Facts. I take a grudge inside of some of that side, Kyle. And I do have moments where I feel anxious about all this stuff happening because I see, yo, we building a lot of shit. Yeah. We're moving a lot of different things. And people, the feedback is the feedback is the yeah. feedback. People are telling you where it's going, and I see other people kind of coming across there. So I do put that chip on the shoulder. I do mm-hmm. feel that stuff. But then I also got to go back and listen to the people that we have across here. And they're giving you the information that we need. And they tell you how to unpack this stuff. And we talk week after week about how to deal with exactly the ills that we're facing. Just remember that imitation is the best form of flattery. It is. And that a lot of these cats that are trying to duplicate what we're doing. It's flattery, man. And, yeah. And, and we're always 10 steps ahead. But I know? still come up with that same energy that we had at the top of the <laughs> That's show. That's it. What you thought this year was about, yeah. check this out. Yeah. Different story. Exactly. Allegory. That's how we coming in here. We're going to flip yeah. the whole shit up. <laughs> you're yeah, going to you, get these bars off. You show a little love, but you got to recognize it, Troy, because when yeah. you send a little dude to the store, you let him keep the chain. Absolutely. Yeah, you're supposed you to. Yeah. You do. Hey, man, listen, you keep you the chain. Then Unless you I give you a 20. Exactly. I, give you a dub. <laughs> I sent you a dub and you for a bag of chips and you came back with no change. Yeah, I'm going to look at you a little it depends different. Depends on the data. Plus, you got to hand me my change and I give it back to you. I might give you a dub to go get me sunflower seed and then tell you keep the rest. But don't assume it. It was a good Friday. Don't assume it, though. I don't want you to assume it. Don't just yeah. be in there. Yeah, like, don't yeah. just think it. It's like, yeah, nah, I got you a sunflower season yeah. of quarter water. Yeah, it's like, exactly. damn. <laughs> they went up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but they Yo, That's no. how you know life is a little bougie. Yeah. They, they still sell quarter water? My <laughs> local deli does not sell quarter waters. In fact, everything has gone up. Oh, man. Even the dollar croissants, the dollar fifty now. I was like, come on, fam. You, you got one of them gourmet me. spots. Yeah. Really oh, they, they, they put the glass up front, huh? Yeah. They get, the shelves are in line now. When your bodega shelves change, your whole cost change. Everything. Your whole cost change. The water get different. Bodegas are different. I'm from the era where your bodega barely had anything on the shelf. Because they wasn't really trying to sell you sunflower seeds. Nah, they were selling a whole lot of different They were selling stuff, a whole right? lot of different That's shit. why you had the deli in the bodega. Because you don't walk into the bodega trying to get something to eat. I was scared to death going in the bodega. Cats look at you just like, yo, there's one tropical fantasy in this fridge. My fam. And a bag of baking soda on the back shelf. I'm young, but I ain't yeah, that dumb. Yeah, but I ain't that dumb. <laughs> like, bam. Yo. Kick the shelves over all of that, man. That's what's up. Dusty-ass shelves. Yeah. 
crazy. Shout out to keeping it real out there, man. And shout out to y'all keeping it real in this conversation on this side, fellas. I don't know. I felt pretty enlightened. Even though homie didn't pull up, I think we painted damn good pictures. That's much needed. Hell yeah, man. We getting on these mics and we Mm. giving them that energy. How y'all feeling? It's called from the strength. Coming from the horde. From the horde? Straight from the horde. <laughs> you got to get in there. You got to make sure you get in the diaphragm. I'm Read wearing a button shit. down tomorrow with just the top button on. That's Hell it. Yeah. From the horde. From the horde. You throw some <laughs> some khakis on and you throw some chucks on there, we're going to get inside That's your tone man. shirt right there Hell from the yeah, cover. man. Tone's cover right. shirt. That's it. That's the temp, man. That's how we coming inside <laughs> here, you know? Once again, it's been another fantastic episode of Off the Strength. I'm a trainer called Tony. K.R. Jones. Troy Brooks, your trainer, Corey. Peace and much love to y'all. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Yo, thank y'all for the love, man. Wash your hands. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We gotta give these people the full disclosure on the behind the scenes of what's happening at Off the Strength. Now, Corey has been known to say a whole lot of crazy ass shit behind the line, and I, we just talked about being wrong all this episode. Yeah, and I hated when this brother would say this because it's just adding more time to me editing this show at the end of the day. But Please do give people this public service announcement that I didn't think people needed. Go ahead, sir. So I've been telling y'all dumbasses from day one, from day uno, wash your hands. You nasty, crusty bastards, wash your hands. Now look. Now look. Somebody drank a Corona in China. Now there's a coronavirus. Ain't that how it go? That's not how it started? Peace and much love to y'all. Until next time. We'll see you soon.